Founded four centuries ago, Boston has simply never settled. Conversations here determine the future, so let's discover what's next. Join us as we seek out the real Boston, past and present, through stories and perspectives that capture a city always in motion. I'm Martha Sheridan, CEO of Meet Boston, and this is Boston Found. Welcome to Boston Found, the podcast sponsored by Meet Boston. Today, we're so excited to have a good friend of mine as our guest, uh, Sean Ford, Executive Director of the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum. Sean and I go way back. He is about to celebrate an incredible milestone in uh, America's history that took place right here in Boston, the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. So, Sean, um, you know I know a lot about the event. I've had the privilege of co-chairing alongside Jim Rooney, uh, the advisory board, and it's been an incredible experience and a great couple of years building up to this weekend. But talk a little bit about your thoughts on this significant date. I know you often call it, you know, one of the most significant dates in American history. And then we can, in a few minutes, get into the details of what this weekend is going to look like. Yeah, it's uh, this has been in the making for quite some time. The, new, the Boston Tea Party Shipping Museum, as we know it today, uh, opened about 12 years ago. Since that opening, we were saying, hey, 12 years, then 10 and 5. And that's really amazing to where we are today. There's so many moving pieces. But this is so significant. As, you're, as you said, it, the Tea Party was the single most important event that led to the American Revolution. And I find myself, for all the things we're doing, and we do that destruction of the tea, this Saturday, did the colonists back then, the participants who threw that tea overboard in protest, did they ever think 250 years later that we would be reenacting it, that we would be celebrating it? Uh, I find that amazing. And that's what we, we're here to do December 16th is to recognize these individuals and really celebrate that where we are today as a country. The story of the Boston Tea Party resonates today around the world more than it did 250 years ago. Perhaps we all take for granted what exactly happened on that important days. Give give our listeners a little bit of a snapshot of what would have happened 250 years ago and how it was so significant in the nation's history. You know, the Boston Tea Party really, truth be told, did not have a lot to do about tax or tea. It was about representation. Taxation without representation is tyranny. And, and the Mag, British Magna Carta simply stated no British subjects shall be taxed without their consent in Parliament. So it was about representation. A lot of people don't don't quite understand that. They think it was just they didn't want to pay the tax. No, they didn't mind paying the tax, but they wanted a voice at a table. And if that had happened, the Tea Party would never happen. Interesting. Very interesting. So you and I have traveled this year talking about this incredible event. And in particular, we went across the pond to London and met with some great partners in the East India Tea Company. Talk a little bit about, you know, what we did over there and the East India Tea Company's involvement in this event, even today. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, very ironic because uh, 250 years ago, we destroyed all their tea. Didn't go so well. After that happened, they closed the Port of Boston. The Intolerable Acts happened. But when we went over there this past uh, uh, September... Uh, 28th. That's that's the date the actual ships left London 
to come to Boston. And so we went over there to accept 250 pounds of the East India Tea Company's tea to be used in the destruction of the tea. And this year, we have their permission to do it. That's amazing. They were they were so gracious and lovely and that company has such a storied history and you know the current owner and CEO was lovely his son went to school in Massachusetts which you know it's it does become a very small small world. And in addition to that celebration that you and I both attended, I know you've done throughout this past year and maybe even longer what you call your marker program and I find that to be so fascinating because of course, you know, we think about the participants probably being Bostonians, right? That was who uh, was involved in this event initially. But n- tell us about the marker program and what that signified. Certainly. Uh, there there were about 150 known uh, participants of the Boston Tea Party. And each day we're finding out a little more. Nobody realizes that the participants of the Tea Party, they took an oath of secrecy. They took their oath to their grave. They could not talk about it because we were still a British country. You could be tried for treason. So these people were kind of left and forgotten until recently. So about two years ago, three years ago, we decided we wanted to create a grave marker program. And that is putting an actual marker in honor and recognition and celebration of their participation in the Boston Tea Party. We just placed our last marker last month at the grave of Sam Adams. Now, he wasn't a participant, but he was the architect of it. And those participants live uh, buried in Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New England, Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and in Paris and in Ireland in London. And you went to Paris and Ireland in conjunction with, well, your team went to Paris and Ireland in conjunction with the London trip to place those markers. And I understand that, particularly in Ireland, they really made a big deal out of it. That little town, they came out and gave us such a royal VIP treatment. They were honored to have us there. All the media came out, the town, the mayor. Uh, It was really quite special. Nothing like Irish hospitality. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. So this weekend is finally the anniversary date. I know there's a lot of significant connections to the date in terms of the atmosphere that we'll experience, the environmental similarities to now and then. Talk a little bit about that and then tell us what can visitors expect if they come into Boston on Saturday to uh, to witness this reenactment. Okay, there's a lot in there. Where do I start? Um, I'll start with when it starts. Uh, it begins at Faneuil Hall at four o'clock. And people say, well, you know, why is it at Faneuil Hall? I thought it was at the Old South Meeting House. Well, it, the meeting of the body of the people happened at the Old South Meeting House. But all the tea meetings prior to December 16th were held inside Faneuil Hall. And the reason why it moved to the Old South Meeting House was because Faneuil Hall at the time was too small. It couldn't accommodate all the people. So they moved to the Old South. That program is from 4 to 5.30, and the large screens all throughout Faneuil Hall so the guests can hear and see. They don't have to worry about getting inside the building. Then the next program to march down to the out-south meeting house, which is outside. The people will have a performance there after the meeting of the body of their people in the Old South. Then there's a rolling rally. Thousands and thousands of people will march down the same streets they did 250 years ago to come to the waterfront. 
and see the destruction of the tea. And that starts at 8 o'clock. That's amazing. And I understand it's this, a similar tide and moon this year as it was 250 years ago. Is that true? It's the exact same tide and moon 250 years ago. It's a very, very extreme low, low tide. And back then, the tide was so low that when the tea was dumped over, it created an island. And participants had to get in rowboats with shovels in their feet to stamp and make sure every bit of tea was destroyed. Wow. That's the first time I've heard that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very excited to be part of that night. I think it's going to be extraordinary. And I know uh, the media from across the globe is very interested in what's going to happen here on Saturday as well. Talk a little bit about that. We have media coverage from all over the world. And this week, we are working with all these uh, media folks that are coming here, both radio, TV, national pro, national news pro, um, stations uh, from New York, as well as local. Lots of podcasters, lots of writers. And uh, I got to thank Stephanie Lober, our, our PR person who is coordinating for us. It's uh, very overwhelming right now, but we are putting Boston on the map. That's amazing. And I know Revolutionary Spaces has been a big part of this program with you as well. And they're running the, the uh, meeting of the people, correct, at the meeting house? Yes, uh, that, that goes off at uh, 6 o'clock mm-hmm. at the Old South Meeting House. And they actually do the meeting of the body of the people. Where the, the decision was made to destroy the tea. And um, that program ends at just about 730 that's terrific. And they've had a lot of other events happening throughout the year to commemorate this, as have you. Um, I had the privilege of speaking with a couple of women last week about Phyllis Wheatley and her involvement. I know that's a story that's remained untold for far too long. I know you've marked uh, her involvement in the, you know, the book of poetry that came over on one of the ships. Just kind of highlight a little bit about what you've done this year as it relates to Phyllis Wheatley. Yeah. As well, we acquired an original copy from the first print that came over on the Dartmouth, one of the three tea ships. That book was alongside the cargo in the tea. And we knew there's an even deeper connection um, for that. And one of our goals for the 250th was to build the Dartmouth, the third ship. Well, we were planning to do that. And in 2020, we entered an agreement with Mystic Seaport to build this vessel. And then guess what happened? COVID hit, stalled everything. But what happened since then, we are building a special exhibit for this book, the portraits that we have done, a a replica of her dress that is in that book, and that's going to become a new exhibit at the Boston Tea Party Ships Museum sometime late 24 into 25. Oh, fantastic. That's great. And and the museum itself, obviously, is a very popular attraction here year-round. You welcome visitors, I'm sure, from across the globe at the museum. What does a day at the museum look like typically for you? Well, it really depends on the time of the year. Uh, in May and June, school groups, fifth graders and sixth graders. By you know, We do about 2,000 kids a day in, in, in that time of the year. And then in the summer, we have people from all over the world. And you have to realize that the story of the Boston Tea Party, it just it's, it's famous or infamous, however you want to look at it. One of the things I say when I do my sales and marketing pitches around the, 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 the country, I used to go on sales trips. If you say the word Boston, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Nine times out of 10, no matter where you are, Boston Tea Party, followed by the Boston Red Sox. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we are Meet Boston, and we are a an organization focused on travel and tourism. And for our listeners, you should know that Sean and I started out in the tourism business together uh, back in the early 1980s, I guess it was, as, mm-hmm. as tour directors and had the pleasure of traveling across America and Canada together to many fun sites. Are you still a traveler today? And if so, where do you like to go? Uh, I don't travel as much as I used to. I used to be on the road about 250 days a year. So uh, I was very fortunate and lucky to do that. Uh, downtime where to go, I go to the Cape. I like going down to the Cape. I've got my two Cocker Spaniels, Chester and uh, Dawson. And that that's my downtime. That's my amazing. Time. Well, that's a beautiful place to mm-hmm. To have downtime, for sure. And when you're in Boston, I know you live in the vicinity. Tell us a little bit about what you like to do in this great city. What kind of places do you like to go for a bite to eat or relax, stroll? Where are your go-to places here in Boston? My favorite place to to walk and and just to explore, I have to say the last few years um, has been pretty much the seaport district because every day it's changing. There are more restaurants and more shops and more interesting things to see, and it's along the water. So most of the time in the summer and the fall, you'll find me uh, walking around there. I really like hanging out at Davios on oh, the waterfront. Oh, yes. Steve does a great job. Yeah. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. restaurant. I think a lot of people like hanging out in your tea uh, tea room as well at the Boston Tea Party ships, correct? That's that's a for those of you who haven't been, the tea room itself is a lovely place to just relax and enjoy some very authentic and delicious tea and look out on the water. Well, yeah, that's a very good point because you don't need to buy a ticket to get in to the tea room. This is free and open to the public and it's, you know, water on all three sides of you. It, it is very, very nice, very small. We make all of our fresh uh, sandwiches, soups, uh, pastries, uh, cookies there every morning. And it's it's a little gem. A lot of people don't know about it because they think they have to buy a ticket to get in. But it, it is a sweet little place. It really is. And you have a fabulous gift shop with some of the most extraordinary tea-related items I've really seen anywhere. Well, it's been voted and rated the number one visitor gift shop in the entire city. Several, several times, also by USA Today, Travel and Leisure, because when you go into that gift shop, 50 to 60% of the merchandise is just tea party related. You can't buy it at a hotel or the airport. You only can buy them there. And also in the tea room, um, we serve the five teas that were thrown overboard. So you taste the actual kinds of tea that would destroy. That's unique. Authentic experience. I'm sure your gift shop has been quite busy these past few months as we lead up to uh, this monumental date, correct? Yeah, it's the it's the busiest year, both the site, the museum, and the gift shop in Abigail's Tea Room has ever had in 12 years. That's fantastic. So, Sean, thank you for giving us a summary of what people in Boston will experience uh, on Saturday during the reenactment. What if you're not in Boston and you can't get here? What can people expect and how can they access all of these great activities? Yeah, well, uh, thank you for asking the event. Uh, it's going to be live streamed and you can see some pre-show activities before the destruction of the tea. So at 7.15, uh, you can click on the website, Boston Tea Party 250org That's Boston Tea Party 250org and you'll be able to see all the festivities warm in your house and comfortable while people here will be freezing outside and, and watching this. So we hope everyone will join. And we hope if you can get here in person, please, you know, try and uh, come down to the seaport and to the Fort Point area this weekend mm-hmm. and and experience it live. 
One thing that I do want to close out with is the fact that this is the first event um, for America celebrating our liberation um, 250 years ago, and there will be many more to come. Talk a little bit about what you think people can expect moving forward once we've, you know, passed this date. There's a, a group coming in during your event that what is which is the uh, committee for the Americas 250. So just talk a little bit about what the public can expect as we move forward to mark the 250th in uh, 2026. It's called America 250, and they are having a huge press conference this Friday at Faneuil Hall to announce just that. What do we expect moving forward? And the Tea Party was the first and the first biggie, and this is the first official celebration for all things 250th moving forward. So America 250 saw an opportunity to say, let's join the Boston Tea Party to build awareness for what's happening next and that's what we're all going to find out from America 250 on this Friday morning at Venue Hall. So exciting. And we know that there will be events um, across the Commonwealth, but really across New England and, you know, the East Coast of the U.S. So we're all very excited. And we're really thrilled and honored that this particular event this weekend is going to be the kickoff for all of that uh, extraordinary celebration. So, Sean, it's been a pleasure to have you today. Um, we look forward to the weekend. And I'm sure that for those that aren't able to attend, there'll be recaps. And this may air even after the event happens. So we want people to to make sure they look, be on the lookout for uh, recaps and, and other, you know, video, et cetera, related to this weekend's event. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for being a sponsor. Looking to find more Boston stories? Go to meetboston.com and don't forget to share and subscribe to the Boston Found Podcast. This podcast was produced by Mudhouse Media.